Welcome, everybody, to the Barely Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan. I'm here with my co-hosts, Andrew and Bryant. Hey-o. And today we're going to be talking about our top 10 running backs. So how are you guys doing today? Man, you know, it's a beautiful day in Minnesota. Said nobody ever. Uh, Excited (laughs) to talk about fantasy football. You know, I'm glad we're done with tight ends. That's not the most exciting position. But we're moving into running backs, which is a hoot. So I'm excited to hit the ground running. I am very excited for this episode. I love running backs. <laughs> Had to fit that in there. We are going to have <laughs> yeah. a great time. So yes. Just jump right in. Yeah. Uh, our number one is Saquon Barkley. Surprise, Whoa. surprise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, how, about, how about Andrew? You, you take it away on yeah. this one. All right. So Saquon Barkley led the league in fantasy points last season. He was among running backs. He was second in rushing yards among running backs last season. Uh, he finished as an RB1 in 75% of the games he played last season. This one's just like Travis Kelsey in tight ends. It's a no-brainer. He is number one. I think he's going to be number one again. Um, Giants lost Odell Beckham, which makes me believe, and they also don't have any wide receivers anymore with Tate being suspended and Shepard being injured. I think they're going to hand the ball off more. Uh, the big worry you know, is that, is Barkley, is it too much of a workload? And I say no, because uh, we saw last season he had 261 carries, uh, and the second string running back, Wayne Gallman, only had 51. So we know Saquon Barkley, he can carry his weight. Yeah, no, I mean, this will be one of the most boring points we're going to make all day. Yeah. Saquon's a clear number one, uh, and it's because of how involved he is for the Giants. Um, he is very clearly the number one playmaker for that Giants offense. It's going to run through him. So whether it's Daniel Jones or Eli Manning, Saquon Barkley is going to command the offense. And what makes him so valuable, and which you know the reason I think he's the number one overall pick, is he's effective both running the ball and receiving the ball. Uh, to be a, a top-tier running back in today's NFL, you need to do both. That's where you get the most value. And historically the highest performing fantasy football running backs are kind of that dual threat uh, yep. dual threat player. You know, so for example, Saquon Barkley had 121 targets through the air last season and he rushed 261 times. Jeez. You know, he's the safest option at running back because they're going to need him. There's not going to be a lot of games where the other players are doing so well. They don't need to rely on Saquon. Um, I, I do want to play devil's advocate here for a second. You know, Andrew, okay. I'll let you address this. Sure. If I was not a fan of Saquon, or let's say mm-hmm. I was worried about him, the point I would make would be the Giants are not going to be a very good football team this year. What Correct. if Saquon keeps getting shut down? Yeah, uh, that's the big worry too is, you know, I think most defenses, they're going to expect the ball to go to Saquon Barkley the majority of the time. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I know I can't see into the future. Yeah, I was going to say, you're in the wrong line of work, man. Even though <laughs> I did predict the Michael Thomas signing Shut with no evidence. With right. no evidence. Went off gut feeling. <laughs> I know you're holding in your anger because obviously he was going to sign. But, uh, I mean, I think he can handle it. He's proven that he can carry the load. Uh, I, I feel like he's going to have 
I made a bold prediction at the beginning of the season. Uh, I did read a, a stat that no running back has had a thousand rushing yards and a thousand receiving yards. And I believe if anyone can do it, it's going to be my man, Squan Barkley. Yeah. And something else I should point out, um, you know, he faced an eight man box more often than any other running back in the NFL last season. Uh, and that's, that's the defensive play that, you know, opposing teams use to try to shut down the run when they're not afraid of the passing game. They use an eight man box. Saquon faced it more than anybody last year. And look what he did. He was nothing short of incredible. Um, his value really does stem from obviously his outrageous ability as a runner uh, and just how valuable he is to the team. And they're going to do whatever they have to, to get him the ball. So that's where his value comes from. And that's why I think he is the safest option at not only number one running back, the number one overall pick of the draft. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. In our number two spot, we have uh, Christian McCaffrey. So Brian, how about you start off uh, on this one? Yeah, no, I'm a really big fan of Christian McCaffrey. Loved him coming out of Stanford. And he really did establish himself pretty immediately as a top-level running back. Uh, Andrew and Brendan, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of him this offseason. Oh, my God. I was going to bring that up. (laughs) He got jacked. His muscle Um, is bigger than my face. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a running joke inside my family. When we watch him play football, when he makes a big run, we whisper, we go, White Lightning. And oh that's my. my nickname for him. <laughs> he, <laughs> he is just a lightning bolt on the field. He's game script proof. Uh, and the fact that Cam's not running for touchdowns the same way he used to really elevates Christian McCaffrey's value. You know, that was one of the big concerns when he came into the NFL is, is Cam going to vulture those short line touchdowns? Yeah. You know, I do expect Cam to get a fair number of those, but you know, Christian McCaffrey is going to get the lion's share of those of that goal line work. There was some off season babble about them wanting to reduce his workload. Talent wins out. They're not going to put some mediocre backup there to score a touchdown. They want the guy that they know is going to get the job done. Um, you know, I, I do think his workload will be decreased. Um, but here's the thing. Talent wins. The Panthers are in a really competitive division and they're going to have to do what they can to win. Uh, talent meets opportunity. McCaffrey will be fantastic. Yeah, I agree. And we're, if we want to go back to his workload, uh, McCaffrey played 75 more snaps than any other running back in the league this last season. They say they want to lighten it up. I, I don't think they're going to do much. I mean, because he is the guy to hand it off to. He led the league in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns out of running backs last season. He proved that he's, a, he's an amazing dual threat running back. Uh, yeah, he averaged five yards per carry. He is the third running back in history to rush for over a thousand yards and get over 100 receptions in a single season. And like you said, they're, they're handing the ball off to him more and more in the red zone. The older Cam gets, the less he's going to try to take it in himself. They're going to hand the ball off to McCaffrey on the red zone. And one thing to mention, you will probably notice a trend with all these uh, running backs. Most of them, Surprise, surprise, are going to be dual threat running backs because that what that's what get gets the most fancy points. So true. Well, All right, so- uh, number three pick, we have Ezekiel Elliott. Ooh. All right, Andrew. Obviously, what do you think about this one? The big news about him is he going to play this year? 
You know, he wants a new contract. Jerry Jones says that they can win the Super Bowl without him. I don't know. I hope he signs. He led the league last year in rushing yards uh, with 1,434. No running back has had more rushing yards per game than Ezekiel Elliott since he joined the league. Uh, The contract holdout, that's concerning. But if he signs, he's going to be a top three. Yeah, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I have a really tough time with Zeke. You know, I've, I've had the luxury and the curse of owning him in the past. He's he's one of those players who he is so good when he's playing football. He's in the perfect situation. The Cowboys have one of the best offensive lines in football. Their owner loves them. He's going to get all the opportunity in the world. This holdout is concerning. You know, uh, you know another player that's holding out is Melvin Gordon. Um Ezekiel Elliott still has two years to go before his contract is up. So there's a lot less of a chance of Zeke actually holding out into the season. Um, but it's it's a real concern. Um, Ezekiel Elliott has shown some questionable decision-making in the past. And I would not be shocked if he makes a questionable decision moving forward. So until we get more information, you know, I'll, I'll still keep him high in, in my rankings. Um, I am worried about taking him just for those X factors, whether it be the suspensions, the off-field issues, all that stuff aside, he's one of the most talented natural running backs in the NFL. Great opportunity. He has the history of success, the workload. Um, Here's the thing. I would love to have him on my team. He had nine total touchdowns in 2018, and I, there's no reason to think he can't get double digits 2019. Yeah, absolutely. He gets the yards. He's receiving the ball. And with Amari Cooper stretching the field, Ezekiel Elliott should be able to receive more this year as well. I have, if he shows up tomorrow, he's my number two overall running back in fantasy yep. football. He's a stud. I expect nothing but greatness for this guy. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's a solid option and he's a bonafide stud. Okay. So let's let's say he doesn't show up tomorrow. Where is he ranked right now? His ADP uh, drops to 104 at the moment right now. Where would you pick him? Man, it, it's tough. So his contract situation is different. So he does still have quite a bit of time before he's going to be required. So, for example, Le'Veon Bell, he was playing for franchise tag. So he could he could just choose to not play and there wasn't really a huge deal caused by that um the issue with uh ezekiel elliott he's still on his rookie contract so if he wants to accrue that year to reach free agency in a couple years he needs to play so i mean the smart money would bet on him not missing any time showing up week one ready to roll so you know I'd, i'd keep him i personally have him at four um, I have the, the top, my top three are obviously Saquon McCaffrey and I have Kamara ahead of Ezekiel Elliott, just because I, I don't want to take the extra risk. I do feel like Elliott's talent is way above everyone four or later, or uh, sorry, five or later. So I would take him as four overall, if it were me. Take him as four. Okay. Yep. Yeah. My ranking, uh, Barkley McCaffrey, then I got Elliott. So I still have Elliott as number three. Uh, I'm willing to take that risk. Like you said, I think he's going 
to show up week one and just jump right in and start playing. So, yeah. Um, so then I guess that brings us to our number four consensus player is mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara. I'm a huge fan of Alvin. He is in a perfect situation when you're trying to pick a running back. The, the top performers are always in high performing teams. There are exceptions, you know, every once in a while you get a MJD or you get, you know, a player that can trans or yeah, transcend their, their crappy offense. But, you know, a common theme we've seen so far is, you know, high performing teams. So mm-hmm. the saints, they're a perennial super bowl bound team. Their head coach, Sean Payton is an offensive genius. And ever since he got Kamara in the draft, he's been really smart about how he incorporates Kamara in the game plan. Um, He's always split work with another running back, mostly Ingram. And in his past or in his first two seasons, he finished as running back three and running back four. That's crazy. I mean, that's a, that's a meteoric rise uh, on the fancy football scene. So he's hyper effective in his unique running style makes him a touchdown threat. Every time he touches the ball. The Saints do a really good job of using him in games, giving him value as a rusher and a pass catcher. Um, I fully trust Sean Payton to use Kamara in the best way. He doesn't get as many touches as these other running backs we discuss. You know, for example, McCaffrey. He's used all the time. Kamara, they really do use sparingly. Uh, that's mm-hmm. That can be seen as a negative. You know, I definitely the less work your running back gets, the more concerned you are. The less but, chance, yeah. Yeah, Kamara's that talent where, you know, he he can make it happen with less. So if that's what it takes to keep him healthy, I'm on board. I trust Sean Payton. And I think Kamara is a very safe bet to finish as a top option 2019. Yeah, I agree. Fourth of fantasy points last season. Uh, he was top five among running backs in receptions and receiving yards. So he is obviously a dual threat running back. Um, second in the league in rushing touchdowns last season. And he had a great beginning to the season when Mark Ingram was suspended. Uh, He averaged 34 fantasy points a game, but it decreased when Ingram came back from the suspension uh, because Kamara got less snaps, less carries, less targets. Now Ingram's gone. Saints bring in Latavius Murray. We don't know what's going to happen there. Will Murray fit in the team? That's the big question. If he fits in the team it's going to be back to, you know, what Kamara and Ingram was like. But if you think back to when the Saints picked up Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson did not work well for the Saints at all. So if Murray does not work with the Saints, Kamara's going to take the workload. Yeah, no, and I think building on that point, I think Latavius Murray is a step down from Mark Ingram. Um, Not a huge step down, but I think Kamara will have a, a bigger share of the work because of that. There'll still be a pretty good balance, but no, I, I believe Latavius Murray will fill into that Mark Ingram role. I think Kamara should have the same, if not a little bit more work this season. Yeah, I agree. All right, that's going to uh, move into our number five pick. We have David Johnson. David Johnson. All right, he did have pretty underwhelming comeback season last year. Uh, I think that's mainly because of the coach. They have a new coaching staff now. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, I really like him. I think we're going to see a huge positive change in this really high passing offense. I think we can see David Johnson catching the ball a little bit more. Uh, Yeah, he was kind of worrisome last year. 
but the entire Cardinals offense was worrisome. It was not good. I think there's a lot of hype built around the Cardinals. They haven't really talked about David Johnson that much, but I think that he's got a, a good upside. I think he's going to be uh, catching the ball a little bit more. He's going to get involved more in the passing game. Yeah, and I think he's going to have a comeback season. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Oh boy. I, David Johnson is one of my favorite NFL players. Uh, he's just a he's a good guy, and he's great at football. Um, you know, he was the victim of a miserable offense last season. Uh, the team was just horrendous. They ran. They were one of the lowest performing teams in the NFL with regards to total offense, number of plays. Oh, it was it was hard to watch. Actually, it, was it wasn't it was even hard to watch. Bad. I just didn't watch. It was they were that <laughs> bad. The Cardinals were yeah. that bad. With that being said, the Cardinals were awful. David Johnson ended the season as running back 10, <laughs> which that's pretty high for someone who just everybody kind of wrote off as sucking. Yeah, It's not entirely David Johnson's fault. Um, no. He was on a terrible team. The scheme was wrong. They did not use him properly. When David Johnson was a number one overall running back in fantasy football a couple years ago, what really separated him was how involved he was in the passing game. You know, kind of like what we see Christian McCaffrey doing. So with the addition of Cliff Kingsbury uh, and Kyler Murray, you know, there is a lot of hype on this team. I think, I personally believe in the experiment. I think the Cardinals will return to be a really, will be returning to be a really good team. There is that risk of, you know, Cliff Kingsbury has never been a coach in the NFL before. He has been college. So there is a learning curve. I am significantly worried about that. I remember the Chip Kelly experience. Um, but no, oh. I, I believe in him. I believe in the Ky- in Kyler Murray's ability. Uh, so I think David Johnson should benefit from that. You know, Cliff Kingsbury does have a up-tempo offense. They have a, they call it the air raid system. So they just, they do a lot of plays. They sling the ball. And Kyler Murray's, not only is he an accurate quarterback, he's also mobile. So when quarterbacks are running play option, uh, play option, and when they're, mobile the defenses have to plan differently to accommodate that and that really does free up running backs to produce you know an example that comes to my mind is when rg3 took the nfl by storm alfred morris was a top running back you know when when quarterbacks are able to be mobile it it frees up the running back in a way that really does produce for fantasy football so i'm I'm huge on david johnson this year i think he's gonna have a huge bounce back um yeah no he's gonna have a high high floor because I predict that, you know, Cliff will make sure that they utilize him in the passing game. So at the very worst, he'll get that passing game. He gets the work. He's got a high floor. What's exciting though, is the ceiling. If the offense is able to not be so slow, he'll get more opportunities, more red zone trips, more plays overall will only lead to more production. If the hype is real, if the hype is real, which I believe it will be, could be wrong. It's, it's going to be hit or miss. I think they have a chance to be something special. So PPR league is five, the correct spot for them. Uh, PPR league. I I think that's fair. No, I think that's the right spot because the way we have them ranked so far, uh, the running backs ahead of him, I would take them before David Johnson. Yeah, It's been all Um, dual threat running backs. Yes. Yeah. No, it's the teams are better with the exception of the giants, Um, but the teams are better. Saquon's just a beast. He's a monster among men. So that's the reason he's up there. But no, it's 
David Johnson, I'd say he's a victim of his team. The O-line will hopefully be getting better. They were a huge disappointment last season. Um, I'm expecting them to not be very good this season as well. But with David Johnson catching passes, he should be able to transcend that handicap of the O-line. I'm excited for David Johnson. I think people will be happy they pick him. He's somebody I'm targeting pretty heavily, especially in auction drafts. Yeah, agreed. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our top five. So before we move into our last five of our top 10, uh, we will be right back after this quick break. Welcome back from the break, everybody. We're going to go into our top or our bottom five, I should say, of our of our top 10. At number six, we have Le'Veon Bell. Brian, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I'll take it from here. Uh, I'm a little bit sour. I have Le'Veon Bell in my rankings, uh, quite a bit lower. Um, but I won't hold that against Andrew, who is a Le'Veon lover. But I will speak to <laughs> That's a good alliteration. why I believe in Bell. You know, here's the good news. He had an entire year to rest up, <laughs> really make sure his body is ready to go for this season. <laughs> that's a positive. That's um, a good way of looking at it. Yeah, you know, that's that's a glass half full view of him being a sourpuss and not playing football last year. Here's the good news. He got a huge contract. The Jets paid huge money for him, and they're going to make sure they get every bit of value they can get out of Le'Veon Bell. There is yep, a red flag I have with him is, you know, seeing how well he performs after taking a year off. We've seen that really go either way with players. You know, it either did re-energize them and help them perform to a high degree. We've also seen it where they think they're good and they actually get a pretty significant injury because their body isn't quite where it needs to be. Um, You know, he bet on himself and he won. You know, he landed with the Jets, who have a a pretty average offensive line. Um, He should be able to perform behind it. He's used to the Steelers' offensive line. And he played with the Steelers for a while, so he'd had a really good chemistry with them. Something that concerns me is Le'Veon has a really distinct running style. He has a very patient, he's behind the line looking for an opportunity, and then he slams on the hole once he sees it. I am worried that when he switches to the Jets offensive line, he's not going to have that. So his my concern is, will that running style that's distinctly Le'Veon be able to succeed with a less less good offensive line and a group he's not as comfortable with. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of questions about him. And as you know, if you listened to the last couple episodes, I love the players that have big question marks on them. If you haven't listened to the episodes, go check them out right now. Anyway, uh, he does, like you said, have a worse offensive line. He's got a little worse quarterback. Oh, shit. Uh, Are you... S- <laughs> He's got a worse quarterback, I will say. Not slightly worse. He's got a worse quarterback. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you were gonna, you're gonna really, lose. Really it there. took a lot to get that out of Andrew. Yeah, right? that, yeah, that, he, was, he was holding it in. Was he was holding it in. Coming Andrew. hot. We know he's gonna get the touches. All right, but the question is, how can he perform? How will he perform? The big question mark. There's not much to say about him. We know. You know, two years ago, he was amazing. If he still has it. He's going to be amazing. That's why I ranked him a little higher. That's, you know, rather than you, you put him at your number eight. I ranked him a little higher than that. Um, I think if, you know, the New York Jets new head coach, uh, Adam Gase, if he can utilize Bell to his 
NFL's full potential, he could be top three. Nah, top five. Top five. I caught myself there. <laughs> it's just I, the, the boiling yeah. and then just the settling down five. right there. Yeah. I, I could I could audibly hear that frustration, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a while, but I can't see Bell being better than Barkley, McCaffrey, or Kamara. But I think Bell, if he performs like he used to, he can take that number four spot. I just want to hit you so bad. Um, Go for it. You know, I, I spoke a lot <laughs> why I'm worried Please about don't. Le'Veon. Here's what's working in his favor. You know, we've seen it. He has a history of being a high performer. Um, and so far in preseason – it does seem like Adam Gase is doing a good job. Sam, He's been killing yeah, it. Sam Darnold looks extremely competent. He looks like he took a huge step forward in commanding the offense. Um, I think the Jets will be a lot better of an offense this year. I think they're actually kind of a dark horse candidate to take a, take a leap forward in the NFL. A lot of people are sleeping on him. I actually really like him, and I think Le'Veon will be a big piece of that. The, Playoff contention? Okay, no, shut up. No, That's, I think so. You're, okay. Anyway, no, moving on. I, I, no, I'm just kidding. I just want to point out. I, I was just saying that because I knew he'd get upset. Yeah. Don't think well the Jets done. are gonna make playoffs this year. Um. But no. If the Jets. <laughs> did it, well, did it work? It did work. If the Jets are able to be competitive, Le'Veon could be a pretty high performer. You know, he's pretty safe. He's getting a guaranteed workload. They will involve him. There's not much behind him, so he'll get the passing work and the rushing work. You know, I think they really will focus on him. They still want Darnold to develop. They're not going to throw him in, you know, uh, have to win it situations. They want him to comfortably, you know, mature as an NFL quarterback. So having an elite running back will really take the pressure off of Sam Darnold. You know, the risk surrounding Bell is the Jets and the amount of touches he gets. I think he can be a pleasant surprise. I'm not as in love with him as Andrew is, but I can certainly see the appeal. Yeah, so um, so something that I I kind of like to uh, interject here. So I, I know you guys have slightly different outlooks on on Le'Veon Bell, um, but my question is: most of our picks for the top ten running backs, their average draft average draft position is sitting in that first or second round, right? Mm-hmm. For Le'Veon Bell, he's sitting at one hundred seven. So seventh pick in that first round. Where do you guys feel comfortable drafting Le- uh, Le- drafting Le'Veon Bell? I, I know it might be slightly different for, uh, between the two of you, so I, I'd like to hear what your guys' outlook is on that. Okay. Um, I like seven. I like seven. I think he's not going to get picked at seven. I think he's going to drop a little bit further down because people are worried about him. Uh, but if he's there at seven, I, I think I'll pick him. I mean, he's number six on our list. I think seven is a good spot. Uh, yeah, I like him. I have a strong feeling that Bryant doesn't. But that's just me. What What would you pick him at? I like 107. I'm shocked. Um, yeah. He's, he's not a first-round pick for me. Um, I, I, I definitely see the argument for it. You know, running backs are pretty valuable, but I, I can think of 12 players that I like more than Le'Veon. Uh, I'm really concerned with how his body's going to hold up after taking a year off of football. Um, I'm concerned about the the offense. I think he can be great, but there's a lot of question marks, and I want safety in that first round. 
there's a good handful of running backs and wide receivers that I would take before him. So, yeah, you might be comfortable taking him seven overall. He's a second-round pick for me. Okay. I like the hype. I like risking it. Yeah. You are the wild card. I am the wild card. (laughs) Yeah. That's Um, the wild card player of the day. All right. There it is. Yeah, the the Dobes wild card player of the day. Wild card player of the day. All right, well, let's uh, let's move on to number seven. Uh, At number seven, we have Todd Gurley. Oh, yeah. Todd Gurley. Uh, everyone's really nervous. I think more people are nervous about Gurley than Bell. Uh, it's it's the arthritis in the knee. Um, but you know, the more we look at it into preseason, it doesn't seem like it's affecting him that much. Uh, he had a great season last year. He was finished third last year in fantasy points among running backs, third last year in rushing yards, and led the league uh, in rushing touchdowns with seventeen, which is huge. Um, you know, the big question is that injury. If he stays healthy, he's going to be a perfect running back one for your team. Uh, you know, the, the Rams did, you know, draft Daryl Henderson. Uh, so you can tell they're worried about depth and, you know, if Gurley can, is going to stay healthy. So I think if he stays healthy, he's going to be the perfect RB one. I think he's going to continue what he's doing. My worry is, you know, fourth, fifth week after the game, his knee swells up. You know, that's he might not play the rest of the season. I don't know. I'm I'm more worried about him than I am about Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, no, that that's valid, uh, and that's what everybody's worried about. They're everybody's worried about his knee. Um, you know, I want to point out, Gurley was the number one fantasy football running back last year and only appeared in 14 games. You know, uh, you kind of brush right over it he had 17 touchdowns last year 17 touchdowns that is so many that's crazy um and like i said he only appeared in 14 games so he's an incredible talent everybody knows that he's on a high octane offense everybody knows that the rams are the hotness right now Uh, and the only reason he's not number one on this top running back list is because of the arthritic knee now the scary thing is it can act up at any point uh, it's not something that he has it. He needs to rest up. He'll get better. It's he's good right now. It could pop up whenever. So the Rams are concerned about it. They spent pretty high draft capital on a backup running back, Daryl Henderson, who people are really excited about. I do expect the Rams to reduce his workload. I mm-hmm. can absolutely see that. Even if he has a reduced workload, he is so efficient and he is so talented at at the goal line, he can still be a top five running back with significantly less snaps and significantly less touches. He's involved in the running game and the passing game. That's exactly what we want. The only concern is the health. If he can stay healthy and if, you know, just that slight reduction of touches keeps him healthy, you know, he'll be number one or number two overall. He has that talent. So I think the Rams will take it easier on him. Daryl Henderson will get some touches. Mm-hmm. You know, he's that classic, do you want to gamble on him? You know, we've seen what he can do. He's the clear RB1 of healthy. So I'd be willing to take the gamble towards mid, around halfway through the first round. I'd take the gamble. You know, fantasy football is all about upside. Mm-hmm. You got to take the game winner. You know, I, I want yeah, I to shoot for the moon. Todd Gurley's that player. So I'd I'd take that jump. 
I have Todd Gurley pretty high. You know, like yeah. we said, the only concern is health. If he can beat health, or if he can stay healthy, there's there's nothing stopping him from being number one. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm a fan I of should, Todd Gurley. I should mention uh, 17 rushing touchdowns. He also had four receiving touchdowns. So 21 touchdowns total of the year, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the only running back to get uh, you know over 20 touchdowns, Elvin Kamara second place with 18 touchdowns. So, I mean, wow. 21 touchdowns in the season, that's ridiculous. Well, in second yeah. place having 18, I mean, that that's a significant yeah. jump. So even if even if Gurley were to get half of that, <laughs> that's still a yeah. top-performing RB. So there's room to step back and regress and still be a high performer. Everybody loves the Rams. Sean McVay will do right by his players. It's a high-octane offense. He's going to get opportunities. So yeah. slow down in touches. He should still be able to perform. All right. Next on, uh, at number eight, we have James Conner. Uh, James Conner is a little bit of a mystery to me. Uh, I love the guy. I love his story. And he's really made the most of his opportunity. He performed fantastically in Le'Veon's absence last year. He put up great numbers. But, you know, a lot of people were kind of disappointed. He really petered out as the season progressed. And he ended up getting hurt near the end of the season as well. You know, even though Mike Tomlin has a history of only using one running back, you know, he historically has used workhorses. He, he really likes to stick with one guy. I think Tomlin might transfer some targets to Jalen Samuels. Uh, I think they're going to, I think James Conner is going to lose a little bit of his workload. I think they're going to incorporate another running back. I think that's a smart move for the Steelers, but that's going to be a hit to James Conner's fancy football value. I think that could stop Conner from being a top flight running back in 2019. Wow. I am actually going to predict the opposite. I think that he's going to be that workload running back that they need. I don't think he's going to share too many snaps with other running backs. The Steelers did draft uh, Benny Snell, which is a little worrying, but I think the Steelers are going to run the ball more because uh, there's a lot of questions about their wide receivers. I mean, they got Juju as a wide receiver one. Is someone going to step up as a wide receiver two? Is McDonald going to get a lot of targets? I think the Steelers are going to definitely run the ball more this year, and I think James Conner is going to get definitely the majority of that. And I think if he stays healthy, he's going to be amazing this year. I'm way more excited about him than you are. Huh. Uh, ranked third in the league last season in rushing touchdowns, sixth total in fantasy points among running backs. I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah, no, and you have good reason to. He started out hot, just white hot. Yeah. Uh, but he did peter out. So I uh, I'm worried about if he's able to be that good for an entire season and the injury risk scares me. You know, that's, yeah, that's fair. That's he, they did run him a lot. he got a lot of work, but I, I think Tomlin can see the trend in the NFL of starting to split work. And I mean, I, yeah. I don't think Jalen Samuels will steal rushing work. I think he's going to steal a lot of the receiving work. I think he's going to steal some of those, those air targets. So I think okay. James Conner is still going to dominate the ground. Um, but, you know, all these elite options they receive and they rush. So if James Conner loses that that receiving value, I, that's why I have him tumbling down the rankings a little bit. Yeah, I I can see that. I can definitely see that happening. James Conner, not the best receiving running back 
last season, 497 receiving yards, one touchdown. You could do a lot better in that aspect. Uh, but yeah, I guess we'll see. I you know, will, uh, let me tell you what I'm excited about. So going back to James okay. Conner, you know, yeah, he's good. You know, I, I can honestly tell you it's fun watching him play. The Steelers are a great team. They're in a really good division where they do like to run the ball. It's, it's that really good old style offense. Yeah. Um, you know, against the Bengals. I love watching those those old style games where they they want to run it down your throat. So I think he's in the perfect situation for that aspect. The Steelers have one of the best O lines in football. That's why Le'Veon Bell was so successful. So I, I think he can capitalize on that for sure. I just question if he can handle the full full workload. I like James Conner a lot. You know, he's he's in my top ten. It's hard not to like of course of course so really hard not to like you're more optimistic than i am i get it yeah i think we can move on to our overall number nine nick chubb Ooh, all right nick chubb uh last season he was only four yards short of a thousand yards um he did have too many receiving yards 20 receptions 149 receiving yards two touchdowns duke johnson's gone though so Nick Chubb, I think, will be more involved in that passing game. Um, he only had 16 carries in the first six games, but week seven and on, he averaged seven or 70, sorry, 70 scrimmage yards each game. He averaged 14.5 fantasy points per game in his final 10 games of last season. If he played the entire season, I, if he played like he did week seven and beyond for the entire season, I think that he could have made top 10 last year. Um, obviously, there's worries about Kareem Hunt, who was suspended for the first eight weeks. After eight weeks, who knows what's going to happen. A lot of people worried Kareem Hunt's going to take a lot of that workload. And rightfully so. I mean, Kareem Hunt is amazing. He had a great season last year. And that's the only that's my only worry for Nick Chubb. Yeah, no, and, and that's a legitimate one. Uh, here's the thing that I'm most excited for. If you extrapolate the data after he became the full-time starter, he would have been a top eight running back in the NFL mm-hmm. as a rookie. You know, Nick Chubb, other than having an awesome name, he's a really good player on a really good team. You know, you mentioned he was four yards short of a thousand yards. You know, that was, that was with not being the starter at the beginning of the season. That was with having to earn his, his work. When the Browns yeah. traded away Duke Johnson, that really did shoot Duke John or uh, Nick Chubb further up my rankings because he will get that receiving work. There's nobody else on the team starting the season uh, that can catch the ball and run it as effectively as Chubb. He's going to do both. So kind of that the way he's going to dominate those touches, both on the ground and in the air, is what really makes me excited about Nick Chubb. I'm probably a little more excited than I should be. You know, I'm kind of letting my heart dictate this one. It's gonna be it's a the Browns, it's gonna man. be a fun team, you know. For once, the Browns are not gonna be a skid mark. It's gonna be great. <laughs> um, that was good. That was yeah, really thank harsh. You, thank you. But... Uh, but no, with Duke Johnson leaving, Nick Chubb's going to absorb those targets and dominate the rushing game. His O line is really good. The Browns have done a great job turning that team around and building them up. And with the continuing maturity of Mayfield and this offense, there's gonna be so many opportunities for Nick Chubb to score. You know, this is a new Browns team. You know, everybody's excited about Mayfield. Everyone's excited about Odell Beckham Jr. They're going to be in the red zone a lot, and they're going to run the ball a lot. Nick Chubb is going to get high-quality opportunities, and that's why I think he could 
he could accidentally find himself in the top 10. Not an accident. He could be even higher than that. So I, yeah. I think he has a real chance of outperforming his, his current ADP. Um, I like him. You know, like you mentioned, the X factor is Kareem Hunt. You know, after Kareem Hunt got booted from the Chiefs for making the... Uh... <laughs> that was actually a really good pun. Uh, yeah. I take yeah, that. That was a really, really funny pun. After he was booted from the Chiefs, uh, he got picked up by the Browns. I don't know how involved they want Kareem Hunt crazy. to be. You really can't know that unless you're inside the building and you know speaking with the coaches. So Kareem Hunt, he could come back and take significant work. I also can easily see where Nick Chubb is absolutely killing it, taking the NFL by storm, and then Kareem Hunt's just a backup player. So time will tell. I truly think that the talent will win out, and if the Browns are doing great and Nick Chubb's a part of that, they're going to keep rolling with what, with what got them yeah. there. So I'm going to take the leap with Nick Chubb. I see him being, I think this time next year, you're going to have to pay up a lot earlier for Nick Chubb. Yeah. You're saying first round pick for sure for Nick Chubb. I wouldn't say first round pick. I would for say, sure. okay. Okay. You know what? I'd say late first round, early second round for Nick Chubb. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his, his ADP at the moment is 202. Yeah. You know, would you say that's a little high? If you're putting me on the spot for that, I don't think that's high at all. I'd say late first round. Yeah. You know, yeah. some of the players we've talked about, I can easily see the case where we take him ahead of Todd Gurley. If you're worried about Todd Gurley's knee, I can see taking Nick Chubb ahead of him. You know, There's yeah. a case to be made. I would personally take Nick Chubb ahead of James Conner um, and yeah. Le'Veon Bell. I can see where a case could be made. Yeah, so, you know, there's... There's this case to be made for Nick Chubb to be taken earlier. I'd be more comfortable with it late first round, but you know. Yeah, I I agree with you. It's hard to put him higher than a late first round. I mean, oh, right. to get that makes sense. higher than late first round, you got to beat David Johnson, Alvin Kamara, Elliot McCaffrey. Right, and I think he's clearly behind David Johnson. So I think he's yeah. he's clearly behind those guys. I think yeah, six I think sixth running right. back off the board would be the earliest I'd take him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that's. I'm liking him way more than I thought I was going to. And then when the Duke Johnson trade happened, I'm just head over heels for the guy. Yeah. Uh, One more quick off topic question. Will the Browns make the playoffs this season? Oh man. I'd say yes. If I was going to put money on it, think... I'd say no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cause I, I really do feel like teams kind of have identities. So, I mean, take Vikings, for example, they just, they don't know how to yep. win. And it's really mean, but mm-hmm. there's been times where I can tell you before the game how it's going to go. They're, they're just not used to it. <laughs> so, so and no. I say they will make playoffs. I just would not put money on it. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get more in depth That's into fair. that. We'll probably have yeah, a different. Fair. We'll probably have an episode later on yeah. where we go over playoff predictions. Yeah, I know. That. That'd be fun. We should do that. I was just curious. Yep, yeah. no, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I think uh, speaking of the Minnesota Vikings, moving into our last pick, number 10, we have Dalvin Cook. That's a nice second. Yeah. No, I was really surprised. Both Andrew and I had Dalvin Cook at 10, which made the consensus ranking really easy for Brendan. I was more surprised by you. Yeah. No, I'm not a huge Viking guy. I think I've made that clear from previous podcasts. Someone say the opposite. (laughs) Opposite. Uh, I would say the opposite of a Vikings fan. Yeah. Um, but no, I I thought I was 
I thought I was going to surprise Andrew Brendan with my affection for Dalvin Cook. Um, but no, they surprised me right back. They have him at 10 overall too. It is a hot take. Dalvin Cook has yet to prove he can stay on the field for an entire season. But when he's on the field, he performs. You know, the Vikings made a big effort to improve their O-line, which will benefit Cook and the Vikings offense as a whole. The Vikings fired their offensive coordinator halfway through the season last year because he was passing too much. You know, the Vikings want to be a run-first team with a suffocating defense. You know, that's the identity this team wants to have. And Mike Zimmer will run the ball down your throat. And Dalvin Cook is that blunt instrument that will just smack you over and over again until he breaks the long one. Um, I feel bad for the defenders that need to try to stop him because he's just going to grind you down and just run right over you. So if he can stay healthy, you know, I expect the Vikings offense to bounce back to normal. They had a rough season last year. I think Kirk's going to take a big step forward, the offense as a whole, and that'll only make more opportunities for Dalvin Cook. If he can stay healthy, like said, yeah. yeah, if he can stay healthy, I would not be surprised if he ends the season as a top six fantasy football running back. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the Like you said, the big worry, injuries. Um, he's really excited to watch when he's not injured. He had an unfortunate ACL tear. Uh, he only played 15 games in the last two seasons. Uh, so the Vikings, rightfully so, did draft Alexander Madison. Uh, they also have Amir Abdullah in the back because he got rid of Latavius <laughs> Murray. There is some depth. Why, why, why are you laughing at Amir Abdullah? Yeah, I, I, one of the things I like most about I, one of the things I like most about Dalvin Cook is I think the Vikings made it pretty clear that they're pretty committed to him. You know, they they yeah. did get you know the uh, can't remember his name right now, but the Alexander Madison. Yep. You know he's he's a solid player, but he's pretty far behind Dalvin Cook when it comes to talent, and preseason is showing that as well. So I, I, I'm not worried about the depth. I think if anything, that boosts Dalvin cook up. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Uh, we know Dalvin cook is going to be again, if healthy could be a very great receiving back, uh, before he got injured, 40 receptions, 305 yards and four touchdowns last season. I shouldn't say before he got injured cause he got injured halfway through the, it's kind of off and on, but last season, 40 receptions, 305 yards and four touchdowns last season. That's pretty good for someone who, you know, didn't play a full season, played 11 games, missed out on, you know, a lot of opportunity. But there's good upside. There's good upside if he can stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I, yeah, I think that's going to close out our top 10. Is there anything that you guys want to add to our top 10 before we move into our closing segments? Yeah. No, I think it's something that I think is worth pointing out. It's a really exciting year for running backs. Um, there's kind of a later tier break than there usually is. Usually there's a top yep. one or two and then everybody else. But this year, I feel like it's a lot closer than it has been in the past. Uh, and there's a lot of people creeping up. So there's a lot of opportunities, not just top 10, but top 20 with you know NFL running backs. It's going to be exciting to see next year's top 10, how it compares to this year's. True. Yeah, that's... Really, it's a lot of players can, a lot of running backs can move up. There's a lot of running backs that can move down too. <laughs> so we'll see. That's Thank how football you. works. Surprise, surprise. Yes, sir. The analysis. There's yeah. a lot of players. There's a lot of players that can be yeah. in that top tier. Yes. Of running backs next year. Great transition for that, by the way, because our next question. Oh yeah. 
is which player outside of the top 10 do you think could finish in the top five? All right, so Brian, you go first on this one. Sure, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this one. And this isn't just something I'm I'm telling you statistically. This is something I believe in. You know, this is a player I keep finding myself drafting. I really believe in Devontae Freeman this year. One of the reasons is obviously Tevin Coleman left for the 49ers. No longer is Devontae Freeman splitting his work with Tevin Coleman. Uh, Freeman's finally fully healthy. He struggled with staying healthy, finally fully healthy, and he's going to be in a high-scoring offense. You know, he's he's the top dog on a high-octane team. You know, I everybody predicts that the Falcons will be one of the league's highest-scoring teams. They have a great O-line. Matt Ryan always finds a way to get them in the red zone. He's going to get plenty of opportunities. Devontae Freeman really does have a nose for the end zone. Uh, even better news is his backup is now Ido, who gives a crap, Smith. Oh, uh, <laughs> So when Tevin Coleman was there, Devontae Freeman was 1A and Tevin Coleman was 1B. Mm-hmm. They were close. Uh, Devontae Freeman is, in my opinion, much better than Ido Smith. Freeman is no longer the thunder to Coleman's lightning. Freeman is the thunder and the lightning. He'll be given a lion's share of the work around the goal line. And he's proven that when he's healthy, he produces huge fantasy football numbers. So with his talent, his opportunity on the Falcons, I wouldn't be surprised if Freeman sees over 1,200 yards and double-digit touchdowns. You know, since 2015, these are his fantasy football running back finishes. 2015, he was number one. Then he finished number six. He finished 13. And then he was hurt last year. He has a track record proving he can do it. If he's given the work and if he stays healthy, I think he will be drafting him inside the top six next year. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. Devonta Freeman, he's got the opportunity to be a top five this year. Uh, he's, he's great in both running and receiving. I can't really argue with him. Also, I really do like his ADP. Yeah. He's going late third round. Yeah. No, I'm targeting him like crazy. I think that's tremendous value. That is great for a player who honestly almost made my top 10. Yeah. No, that's, that's bold, but I get it. Yeah. I mean, running backs this year are insanely good, but uh, anything else we want to add on uh, Freeman before I get into my, no, I'm pretty questionable. I'm excited to rip you a new one. All right, here we go. My player that I think, my running back that I think could make top five this year. Oh, man, it's just crazy saying it. Chris Carson. All right. Another loud silence. Yeah, okay. All right. Take me there. Two. Take me there. All right. So he was top five among running backs last year in rushing yards. The only people that beat him in rushing yards were Elliott, Barkley, Gurley, and Mixon, who we haven't talked about. But, uh, he was tied for seventh last year in rushing touchdowns with nine. And we know the Seahawks, they like to run their ball. They really like running the ball. 52.44% of their offensive plays were rushing plays, which was the most in the league. They ran the ball the most. They're going to give it to Chris Carson. It doesn't look like Penny's performing to the hype. Pete Carroll also stated, and this is the weird thing, that 
Carson, and I quote, as the best hands on the team, and also stated, we'll play him more on third downs because he's such a capable capable guy. Carroll likes this man. He's going to get the ball to him. It's I don't believe that he has the best hands on the team, <laughs> but I think what Carroll really means is they're going to incorporate him more in the passing game, which is the only thing that he really lacked on last season. So if he continues his performance and if he gets more, you know, receptions, more passing plays, if he's involved more, he can, be, he can make top five. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like Chris Carson. I think he has a real opportunity this year to be a, a top performing running back. I, I just, I feel like what we saw from him last year is going to be pretty close to his ceiling. And for him to be top five at running back, I mean, he's going to need to outperform Saquon, McCaffrey, Elliott, Kamara, David Johnson. I just have a hard time seeing him beating one of those guys. But, you know, you have solid reasoning. The Seahawks do want to be a run-first team. The only thing I'm, I'm kind of hung up on is the Seahawks have a really bad O-line, and they have for a while. Um, and Rashad Penny, he makes me nervous. They... They have been splitting work. Last year, they, they split it. It really was back and forth. Um, and Penny really did not take a hold of that opportunity, and they kept giving it to him. So if, if Carson yeah. does get 100% of the work, I can see him being top 10. But top 5, that's that's a hot take. I hope you're right. I do like Chris Carson. He seems like a really, really hardworking guy. I just don't know if he has a natural talent to be top 5, and I don't know if he's going to get the opportunity to be a top 5. All right. Yeah. Well, I've got. Yeah. Tell us. Uh, tell us what you guys think. You know, mm-hmm. leave a review. Let us know who's right. <laughs> leave who's a five right? star review. Yeah. Tell us who you think is yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I've got. Yeah. I've got one more question uh, for you guys before we wrap it up. Okay. So, uh, which of these players in our top ten stand out given their value at uh, their ADP? Yeah. All right. I'll go first on this one because you went first last time. I am going to go with Todd Gurley. Wow. He's being drafted at 111. He's going late first round. Like you said, the upside is huge. He was the number one drafted running back last season in fantasy. If his knee is fine, I he'll be he'll be top 3. Yeah, I don't want to be boring, but I agree with you 100%. That's who I that's yeah. who I would have picked. You know, late first round, you can potentially get a player who will end the season the number one overall running back. Um, and honestly, could be the number one overall player that's not a quarterback. So we've mm-hmm. seen him do it. He absolutely has the talent. And if his health cooperates, he could absolutely outperform his draft his draft value. So, yeah, no, I fully yep. and wholeheartedly approve of that. Todd Gurley could be the steal of the draft if he stays healthy. Yeah. Is there anyone else besides Todd Gurley that stands out? Other than that, honestly, I think people are pretty well valued. Um, the top five yeah. are seems pretty pretty ironclad to me. You know, between Saquon, McCaffrey, Elliott, and Kamara, it's a toss up between those players, but that's that's respectable. Yeah. David Johnson consistently is taken fifth overall. After that, it's kind of a toss up. You know, there's there's an argument argument to be made for a lot of these players. I am afraid of Nick Chubb being overdrafted. 
Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like I pointed out earlier, there's an argument to be made for him. But no, I think Todd Gurley is the value of the first round. Everyone else, you just have to kind of take a pick yeah. at who you believe it, in. It's kind of tough because all of them are going in either the first round or early second. So I'm, you know, I, I believe they're kind of in the correct spot. So yeah, yeah Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley's a guy, the value, if you want to take the risk. Yeah. On the flip side, Andrew, who do you think yeah. is the player that stands out for a bad value? Bad value. Ooh, man, that's a tough one. Bad value. I'm going to go with. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, this is tough. I'm gonna... Oh, I don't want to say it, but I might go David Johnson. Oh, I want to hit I think it's so slightly. Bad. I think he's going a little too early. I think he should go late. That's shocking. Who would you put uh, ahead of him? Late first round. Who I would put ahead of him? Uh, I would put. But I would probably go Bell and maybe Gurley. Hmm. Wow. Uh, okay. Bell, ADP 107, Gurley 111, David Johnson's at 106. Uh, it just was not an exciting year. I know there's a lot of changes to the Cardinals offense. I know there's a lot of hype built around them. If it was my pick... And David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell were the top two. I would have a very hard time picking, but I might go with Bell. That's really funny you mentioned David Johnson as your pick because my pick is Le'Veon yeah. Bell. Um, Ooh. I, I'm not even saying this to poke fun at you. If I saw him in the second round, I might have to think twice. Really? Uh, he just makes me nervous. I... I I think the of all the players we talked about today, I think Le'Veon Bell is the one I think is most over overdrafted at that position. You know, like I said, it's a huge unknown. I mean, he he literally did not show up to work for a year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's first off, that's that's concerning behavior, and I certainly understand the rationale behind it. You know, he wants a bigger contract, whatever. Took a year off. We, there's really not a huge sample size for how that affects an NFL player in their prime. Um, but in that position, you know, that, that could end up pretty poorly. And that's a very, very different team than he's used to. So I think people it, are looking at him from two seasons ago. They're looking at the Le'Veon Bell that was with the Steelers. So they're looking at him through that lens. They're not thinking about Le'Veon Bell with the Jets. So I... I could easily see a world where he makes a lot of people sad. Um, I would choose Le'Veon yep. Bell as my overdrafted player. Got it. Okay. I can yeah. see that. I just like taking risks. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't tell Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> you got to risk yeah. it for the biscuit. All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to uh, conclude our episode today. Uh, so that was our top 10 running backs. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, if you did, Please be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. Be sure to check out our website at barelyathletic.com, and we will see you next time. See you later.